Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Keith Pazel's podcast. I am Keith Pazel with my co-host Adam Crocious. Hello, how are you? Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, all that shit. Welcome back. We're in. We don't have headphones, so it's a little weird. But we're gonna we're yeah, gonna get yeah, through it. Yeah, we'll, it yeah. actually might work out better. The only thing headphones control is talking over each other. Yeah, although we we do that even with the headphones on. Yeah, you know. So I have a feeling it might not be any different. I was know? listening to last week's episode and I realized like I have to get better at li- like letting people finish talking. <laughs> the only I think you do a pretty good job. Maybe you can work on I mean, whatever. I think you do decent I, enough. I cut people off a lot. I, I know with. Because you get that impulse, that thought in your head. I do the same thing. What, what I think is that the, the thing that I contribute to that I have to improve on is not losing my train of thought. Well, that's, you know? yeah. Not losing my, because you lose your train of thought, it slows the show down, it gets choppy. You can, you can recover, we can recover. But when we smoke the sweet leaf, you know, that affects things. But oh, yeah. right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are watching. We're about two-thirds of the way through Back to the Future. Which I am gushing over because I love the script of this. Well, you were a young lad when this came out. I was out. 16 years old and saw it in the theater with my dad. I was working at Wendy's that summer. I did the breakfast shift at Wendy's, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eight hour, eight hours a day. And this four is days before Wendy's had breakfast, so you know the fucking slobs coming in to oh, get oh, burgers oh. for breakfast. No, 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 no. no. The, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. It was actually the first time Wendy's had offered breakfast, and they had an opening breakfast shift. And, and my family told me, my mom, my dad said, "You have got to get a job this summer. You're 16 years old. You get a job. That's what you do." My family was old school. I actually respect them for that. I couldn't get a job working at a fast food restaurant in my hometown in Wisconsin. That, that, that's, I, just, I couldn't get a job. I think I literally couldn't fill out the application correctly. I could barely write, I think. I think that literally was the problem. Um, and then I got sent to D.C. to live with my father because I was like, you got to get a job. I made three thirty-five an hour. I looked at my Social Security statement just, just yesterday. Looked at it yesterday. They had, they had a beginning year of employment, 1985, made $949 that year. Which was probably so much money. Oh, it felt like I, I had a bank account. I would have like 600 bucks in my bank account. I felt like I was the richest man on earth, you know? I was always good with my money, kind of. Well, you know. I mean, also, I think that you benefit, like, how expensive was shit back then? Like, was the cost of living crazy when you were growing up? You know, when I was growing I mean, it started to ink, but not, I mean, obviously people complained about it. It's what people complain about, you know, but not like it is now. It seems even more bifurcated now than it was then, you know, and that is the result of having this neoliberal economic model be the dominant economic philosophy for 40 years. The gap has gotten tremendous. At the same time, $3.35 an hour in terms of real purchasing power, it didn't go up for nine years, the minimum wage. So, I mean, you're making three thirty five in 1981 or whatever it was, or 82. You're making the same amount like in 1990. So, it's like you, your money didn't go up at all. So, you couldn't buy well, it's as still much. still only like six bucks. Yeah, like, I think it's, it was at six fifty. It's like seven twenty five yeah, or yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, it's super dirt cheap. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. In terms of true economic p- power, like buying power, the minimum wage was the most when it was $2.10 an hour in 1973. You could buy the most. That, that, that was a pivotal year. I'm telling you, things have altered, you know, the was figuring out early 80s, Reagan came in, stripped away a lot of the state, you know, and, and this economic model has sort of replaced it, you know, and this is the result. We have massive disparity. But, you know, that's just my theory on it. People say, so what? So they make money. Why? Why is that a bad thing? Well, it becomes a bad thing when you affect power and you change all the rules and the laws. Well, when they're hoarding their money, it it, it changes things when the people actually do shit with their money. And then that's the way it's pawned off to us. Oh, if you give them their money, they'll invest it. No, 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 no. 
a lot of them just keep it. You know, that's yeah. just what they do. You know, because honestly, you can't spend that much. Are you a Panamanian so that can clean my apartment once a week? No, I'm not going to pay you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's also just the idea of like you can, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, it, it, they're only going to spend. So there's only so much you can spend it on. There's only so much you can invest it in. You know, I mean, trust me. If they, if if a truly wealthy give half of their wealth, they would still live absolutely fine and be in a position of power. But you know that's not that's not going to happen. Got a that's shot of all these big skirts and dresses here. Yeah, they're, at, they're exactly. at the prom. This is when he plays fucking Johnny B. Good, right? This is basically the, the, this is the two culminating storylines coming together at at the same time, which is. A, a hallmark of good script writing. I love how anytime someone goes back in time, forward in time, or any sort of alternate universe, yeah. one of the things they do is steal music and pawn it off as their own. <laughs> I always had that fantasy. Well, there's that, that I was in the Sex Pistols, <laughs> like well, in 1969. Hey, man. Well, there's that movie where the kid goes back and he wakes up in a world where the Beatles didn't exist. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he just starts playing Beatles songs. <laughs> it's just like so that's what you would do if you went to a world where the Beatles didn't exist you would just steal their music and yeah, take credit for it yeah there would be nothing about curing an ailment, ailment. hey everyone or there's just, a disease called AIDS coming around the corner or just tell people about the Beatles yeah <laughs> why do you have to take credit for it <laughs> well maybe the Beatles never existed no, they were born why they need know? to do it is because the Beatles are white men so in this world a brown man of color creates the songs that that was the plot line. That well, seems no, kinda, I think that's the thrust that behind seem it. Kind of wedge your hand. If that is the plot line, that seems the plot wedge line is that a I don't know if he's Indian or whatever, but a person of color wakes up in a world where everything is the same, except for the Beatles don't exist. <laughs> that's the only thing that's different. So instead of just making people remember the Beatles, the movie is about him becoming famous, singing Beatles songs, like he becomes a superstar. <laughs> And I think the what thrust behind idea. that is like, let's reimagine the world if if the Beatles were a brown guy, like if they weren't just straight white man. <laughs> Wasn't that also? I mean, you like, can't even the Beatles, uh, something that exists, like that's even whitewashing now. Like the Beatles were white men, so they're canceled. So we have to remake a movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's that bad, but 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 I know with the <laughs> but with the whole Beatle thing. Like going yeah, going back in time and that you know it, it's just like well that's part of the story is that the Beatles were actually I think they were managed and and they're they were, uh, well, Brian Epstein was so gay and he had and he like he was in a Fight Club and shit Brian Epstein used to pay people to beat the shit out of him because he was like so kind he of he was weak. into it he was a masochist oh god it's it's because he obviously was not dealing well with his sexuality no, no, it was no, not no. going well and he the Beatles was, used to like the Beatles knew about it they used to say like. They used well, to he call had a him for John Lennon shit. Yeah. Oh, they oh they call him a, like a. Fag well, it was all in fun. They were like Brian knew. Like they were like we teased him about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 I guess like the, the uh, early on Chess Records, I think in Chicago or some, there was a black like I'm putting at Chess Studios. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm sure it's total lie. Right Burger's now. got a fucking but, Chess record like album. But but there is a. Um, there is a uh, there was a black owned label that represented them like in 1961 before it was like Pete Best Beatles but before Ring- Ringo Starr yeah. was involved and like I guess they they just like you know they, they they got rid of them but then that company went belly up and then when they got on Ed Sullivan 
the people on the rights to that company had their music. Like they made a shitload of money because people went back back and Dude, bought Beatles, Beatles records from like sixty one and sixty. So Beatles that was the best year they ever had. Oh, as far as music rights. Well, early first. on, absolutely. Well, and then doing. Michael Jackson bought their songs. Yeah, and that's pretty crazy. That it's hilarious that Michael Jackson did well, it. Well, and it was Paul McCartney told him one day they were make they were recording Thriller, and uh, Michael Jackson was like, you know, the money's not in actually writing music; it's the rights. Or Paul told Michael that. Oh yeah, yeah. And Michael Jackson turned around and bought Beatles songs. Well, yeah, I think that they that they had that discussion during uh, they had that discussion with um, oh god, yeah, when, 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 I got distracted by by this. Yeah, <laughs> I love how they're wearing 3D glasses as fashion. Absolutely, they did that in the fifties. God, I lost my train of thought. God damn it, that was horrible. We're Not talking about yet. the Beatles, about record rights. When, well, well, yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. They, when they got told, I, I, th- I think that it's Michael Jackson. They were making the "Say Say Say" <laughs> video. Say Say that they paired up. I think it was during that that he mentioned it to him. <laughs> then he went and bought their music. You know <laughs> what, a, what a fucking. You Even know, if he didn't do what he did with those kids, like in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. Like he kind of wasn't he kind of was a conniving dude. Oh, 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 oh like oh, Michael oh, Jackson. Listen, there's a reason why people have the facade they have and want to become famous. They're masking their horrible things about themselves, you know. You know. You walked in on Biff a uh, committing rape. Yeah, uh, uh, on his on his yeah. Uh, she's uh, taking it well. Yeah, well, no, yeah, she's, you know. She th- wants This is it. a pinnacle moment. You know, look what she's wearing, Crocious. Well, well, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the reason why they, they can't <laughs> yeah. control themselves. No, it'd be so funny. She goes to the cops and she's like, "Biff raped me." Well, look what you're wearing, and she's like, "It's prom." <laughs> I'm supposed to be wearing this. Yep. I remember thinking Biff was this real tough guy. You liked Biff? No, 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 no. I didn't like Biff at all. I was like, he's kind of this tough guy. I'd be afraid of Biff, you know? No, he's just a dumbass, you know. Yeah, and he does stand up. He makes more money doing comedy than both you or I. Ooh, 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 the guy who plays Biff? Yeah. Really? Yep. Big stand up. Big, big club guy. The, they, he's he's, he's got to fit into it, man. God, it's so good. The movie is pinned together so well. He is well, a big Zemeckis, road guy. Dude, Zemeckis is fucking. Yeah, he does a lot of the B clubs. And so he's like, hey, I'm Biff from Back to the Future. This whole thing. And wow. I, I, I heard a story of like. Yeah. Just offhandedly, I know someone who featured for him, and he. Yeah. He was like, I, you know, I I know you get this all the time, but like, yeah. I'm a big fan of you as Biff and Back to the Future. And he yeah. goes, come on, man. Oh, he gets pissed about like, it? Come on, why you got to bring that up? And then he goes on stage and all he talks about is being Biff. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, like, there's a reason why people are talking. Yeah, it's just... I'm sure it's weird when you're fa- when you have a your moment of fame like that, whatever. And you're kind of you're like solidified in that, you know. You're sort of like caught in that, you know. It's like you probably get sick of people bringing it up to you, but then it's also part of your identity. Name. So how do you integrate it into how you deal with your life, everyday life? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're annoyed by it, but then you have to make your make your living off because you don't want to actually do a real job. Go out and sell insurance. You know that's what or you should be do. a fucking actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't be. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. D- don't be Beef a, uh, a Tom comic. Wilson. His name is Tom Wilson. Being a comic, you're you're, you're not an actor. When you, yeah, when you when <laughs> you you're a comic. He now, I think he had. I think Tom Wilson is one of those dudes that with like uh, who was the dude who played fucking Sean Hunter's dad in Boy Meets World? Oh, hell, if I know. 
Was this during Family Ties? Oh, yeah. Oh, he filmed it at the same time. So, yeah. He was, was sleeping three to four hours a night, I guess. Like, it was just like he totally... Again, you know, Eric Stoltz was the actor who played him in the first two weeks of the filming. I yes, think. they have... Maybe like a, even they have, six weeks. They have a couple... You scenes could see, of Eric They have Stoltz. a couple scenes with Eric Stoltz yeah. you can find on YouTube. Yeah. Then he plays guitar. You know, look at that. The white boy plays okay. Like the racial yeah. thing, you know, he can play. He looks kind of. I always laughed at this part because it doesn't. You could tell Michael J. Fox isn't like a rock and roller. Like it doesn't suit him. Oh, like well, that guitar looks big on him, and he because well, he's five foot four. Yeah, like but he tried making like, like. I sorry to interrupt, but but by light of day was a movie made with Joan Jett where he played a guitarist. Like he obviously the music thing was an important thing to him, and he wanted to incorporate that into like stuff he did in the future. Yeah. So he had a movie a couple years after where he plays. He's in a band with Joan Jett. You know, like we're trying to bring it together and make something happen. You Blake know, Blake. Yeah. Walker, I think was his name. Blake Clark was Sean Hunter's yep. dad. He was an old comic in the like, but I think Tom Wilson and Blake Clark are like. Oh, you see this? Hardcore club dudes. Oh, yeah, he's starting to disappear. Yep. This is where yep. it's all happening. Yep. You've, yeah, this ma- is... you've kissed your mom. God, I've never seen this times. effect. This seemed like an incredible effect when I was in the theater. And you could at clearly 15. tell it's just a green screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can see the line. But I was like, oh, my God. He's disappearing. Because she's about to fucking Biff got the. Wouldn't it be funny if, and this is me getting dirty again. Yep. If the further Biff slid his dick inside of her, he just disappeared more and more. <laughs> God. Jesus Christ, Because he can't... She See, this can't. is the stuff that's going to stop us from... <laughs> no, this will get us a good fan base. Here we go, People he's back. People will like my filthiness, and they'll like your intellectualness. It's, it's a nice team. We're a nice duo, It's a good Crocious. combination, because you both have nerd sensibilities. We just got to keep it going. I think this is... We just have to stay in character. It's when we waver. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, maybe you're right. It's when we waver. But come on. When we <laughs> you see, that's what's that's what's good about our team. You're always constantly going, come on, man. <laughs> Stop talking about dicks and pussies. I, I, it's just like, you know, <laughs> get a hold of yourself. I'm filthy, man. dude. I know. you do. You, your entire generation is a fucking dirty mind. There's this weird dichotomy in your generation. But you know, some, it's been the way for as long as I can remember. There's like this faux feminism. Yet there's also this strand well, of feminism. It's about getting naked and being in control of your body and crap and doing whatever you want to do. But there's also a dirtiness. It's just like... It's fucking. If weird. we can talk AIDS for a second again, yeah, I think a lot of the reason well, my generation AIDS. embraced all that shit. A number one, it's when MTV got sexual. Beavis and Butthead, all they talked about was boobs. Like it was just a very. I feel like it was a kind of a part two of a sexual awakening type thing. Well, I mean, it also is being young and being younger and sort of getting into it for the first time. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hear, I hear you. Go ahead. And then also condoms were like at peak condom i grew up in yeah peak I, I, safe sex I, I, so I, I, at that affected point, me too man so at that point i think people were like okay you kids can fuck again like i think that's when i yeah. i grew up in the era of like aids is done kids can fuck again that's crazy that people think aids is done a little bit you know it's crazy that they, they, they think they think it's done you know what i mean like it's, yeah it's it, it i mean it's not right you know, but it, now it, did he sing this? So we got Michael J. Fox singing "Johnny Be Good." That's where we're at. If you want to cue, I don't up think so. Any sort of, I don't think it is either. But you could tell they picked someone that does kind of sound like him. Of course, I'm sure they had to get ca- the casting decision. God, it's got to be the perfect choice. My God, what if it's not the perfect choice? <laughs> See, and then they also, but you know, they do a good job of this. They, they really sort of they tie it up in a bow. You know what I mean? It's misdirection is very good. You know. <laughs> 
stealing. This is the, he stealing. gives the birth of. He basically just takes it from. Yeah. You know, he from fucking, Little Richard and stuff. He you know? ices out fucking Chuck Berry. This is a big under underpointed highlight of this movie yeah. is when fucking Michael J. Fox makes Chuck Berry non-existent. Like Chuck Berry's yeah. just shooting heroin somewhere, so, disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's your cousin. Here we go. Man, he's shredding. He's all sweaty and shit. <laughs> they don't know all where he's going, man. These are like, what the fuck is this going crazy on? white boy? <laughs> how do we even know this song? I know, I know. Yeah, how do we keep playing it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because <laughs> he's just like, just follow along with me, boy. Calls him boy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's shredding out now. <laughs> exactly. But this is literally from this. He, he the movie by light of day. I think with Joan with Joan Jett. He plays guitar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he was such a star, he could do that. He said, oh, this is what I want to do, you know? Now, was he... He was unknown pre-Family Ties, right? Oh, yeah, he was He was in a couple of TV shows, I remember, from back in that time. Like, in the in the early 80s, he was in a CBS drama uh, where he put, like, a Southern kid. But, but Family Ties is when it really broke through. He was a total model for, like, Republican kids my age. Like, Republican teenagers... Alex P. Keaton was like the guy that, that that was a model to dress like, you know, to be like. And that character was originally supposed to be kind of a joke when they first made the show because it was the producer and the, and the, the guy who wrote it. You know, he, he, he was critical of what was going on with Reagan and, and that time. And it ended up right. turning into the biggest so star of the show. that was supposed to be like, look at this shithead. Well, or, or just see, so yeah, I kind of pointed out it's more kind of like a kind of a joke as opposed to what it turned into was he, he was the show. I mean, he yeah. basically he was the glue of the show. And he's also a very good comedic actor, you know, so. And this is early Leah Thompson. What, how how many years between this and All the Right Moves? No, All the Right Moves was only two years before this. Okay. 83, this is 85. So America had already seen her boobs. Well, and then she was also in, uh, yes. Yeah, Which I think all looking right back moves, on it was a body double. Uh, uh, all the Right Moves, that, that was like a that was a, that was a movie for Cruz too, man. That was Cruz working his way and up the chain. And fucking Craig T. Nelson, dog. Is That's it, a absolutely. star. Sean Penn's brother's in it. Movie. Chris Penn's brother's in it too, Another man. great, we've talked about him on this podcast. You know? I mean, it's it's all about Ampipe, man. They're like the working class West Virginia. They're gonna beat the good West Virginia team. And like, well, that's Pit- I thought it was Pittsburgh. Oh no, 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 the right no they were in Ampipe. It was it, it was West. I think. Oh, oh no, no, it's it's, it's Western PA. You're right. It's Ampipe, Pennsylvania, but it's Western PA, which that area of the country is very football oriented. Of course, that's where Ditka's from. That's where Marino is from. That's where Joe Namath is from. Okay, that's where I think you know a, a other a bunch of famous quarterbacks, Jim Kelly, were all from that area. That movie is probably just loosely based on all those guys. Like the, the whoever made it is probably just like this is all those <laughs> like wrapped up all those characters into one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's that narrative for for all the right moves. I wish all the right moves was on right now. Babe, with it's all the right moves. It's also the continuation moves. of kind of Tom Cruise doing a movie where the plot is. I'm good at something, but I keep fucking it up. Well, yeah, well, that, that was the beginning of it, actually. That was the beginning. He was in Taps, the movie Taps, with Sean, with Sean Penn and, and, uh, and Timothy Hutton. He, had a, he actually had a major role in that. You know, Giancarlo Espinosa, uh, Giancarlo, was Giancarlo Espinosa, is that his name? He was also in that. I could be wrong on the name. It's horrible quoting. But my point is, is um, and then he did, did a movie called Losing It. Which was like a, a Tijuana sex movie, terrible movie, but but he did uh, all the right moves and then Risky Business. Okay, so those two were related, to, and, and those two were fundamental to him maturing as an actor and like like figuring out what he was. Because you're right, that theme was absolutely real. The theme of him like having a good thing and kind of botching it up has always been kind of a theme. Yeah, in, in his, the you know, Thunder fucking that's Days in Paradise. That's Top Top Gun. Guns that way. 
because because he's like what he's a cocky kind of dumb almost kind of dumb in a way but like he's obviously very kind of likable and got a good heart and shit too but he's cocky you know yeah. but he's also but he botches it up you know and then what's after and then Days of Thunder was kind of the peak of his career <sighs> and then Days of Thunder didn't perform as well as people wanted it to like Days of Thunder was supposed to be this b- almost billion dollar movie and it was kind of like a failure that's where he met Nicole Kidman. Then he went far and away when he when he started to put an accent on and wanted to act more yeah. and stretch out as an actor. Because then I think <laughs> so. Dave Thunder was ninety two, right? Ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah, ninety two was far and away. And then what else? What? Well, let's get into what Cruise's did he make career. After that, uh, well, he made, he made uh, he took a break for a little bit, didn't he? Oh no 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 no. He, he was in a. It was like The Firm in nineteen ninety three. Was it? You know the, the classic nineties movie of the guy running with a tie over his shoulder and the. <laughs> And the white shirt. Oh yeah, I'm running away from something. You know, he he did the firm. Then he also like in a like ninety well ninety six he did Mission Impossible, which was yes. A, but he did stuff in ninety four. Oh, he did Interview with the Vampire. I mean, that's he was, a good movie. He, actually. he was acting. He was acting. Cruz was acting. Interview with the Vampire is actually not a terrible flick. Hey, Neil Jordan directed it, man. You know, he was a respected director. Also, uh, very River gay Phoenix theme was very big in it, man. River Phoenix was, was going to be cast. Yep, as Christian he was Slater's Christian character. Slater's character. You know what I was realizing, and I might have mentioned this lightly before. I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio really cleaned up after River Phoenix died. Well, I mean, because if you look at the type of the look he has and the type of movies they did, I guarantee you, if River Phoenix didn't die, he would have been in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He was definitely going to be in Basketball Diaries. Like I just oh 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 oh, yeah. Once River Phoenix died, Leonardo DiCaprio, they were just like, well, he was he was everybody's number two. And then once River Phoenix died, they were just like, well, let's go, Leo. God, even though he was a kid, man, he was young. I think he was like a late teen. You know, I always forget he was on Growing Pains. Yeah, he was on Growing Pains. That was before my time. That was just before my time. Yeah, I remember that being a show when I was in college. Growing Pains just started doing reruns when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah, he was on that, but you know, that's an interesting point you make that because I mean, I, I know that uh, Phoenix dying from my age group that was a kind of a big deal. Like it was like a Gen X guy. You remember dying. that? You know, I mean, they, they, like, I, I and was, no one really knew he was on heroin, right? Well, it was interesting that you know he he had he, I guess he had clean he had some what it was my own private Idaho filming the movie my own private Idaho I he, guess he like got he well, out what they recording would do is that they would shoot during the day and go back to Gus Van Sant's house and I guess it was like a real fucking party like guys were partying hard you know because they were just away from Hollywood and they're in Portland you know and, and so uh, that's I guess where he got back into the drug Portland's thing, a long know? way from L A Hello Larry Portland is a long way from L A Metal Luck Lemon. <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about that fucking movie, that show. <laughs> That's going to be one of the... We have to start locking in some reoccurring themes on this show. Oh, like, oh. you know when, when they have the intro song and it's peppered with, like, little clips from the show? That'll be our first one. Like, I'll, ha- I'll make an intro song and then we'll get a cut in with us going, Hello, Larry. That'll work. That's I'm why we got to develop fan all of the, the parody shit in the pictures, man. Oh God! <laughs> Let's just do it naturally and and see what happens. No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Got to do that. But. We have listeners; they like <coughs> us. They're just not. We don't Portland have. We don't have an interactive group of listeners. But that's kind of like that. Kind of suits your personality. Well, is that also like? Does it have to be like a synergy or something like that? What do you mean, interactive group? No, what do you mean? Like, like as far as like tweeting out hey i like the show usually you'll see people on their instagram stories that are like 
retweeting people that are like taking a like listening to this podcast on the road. These dudes are hilarious. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like yeah. We have listeners. We don't have a fan base. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That, that, that's I uh, guarantee you. People put on the show and then just do other stuff. Well, yeah, you're probably right. You know, so how then how does that leap happen? I mean, you just got to be really funny, man. You I got to be really funny yeah, and really interesting. Connect, you know? There's even a couple moments during this episode where I'm just like, we're dropping, we're dropping, we're dropping. Yeah, it's happening a little bit, you know. It's but all it right. happens. It's probably the Sweet Leaf, you know. The Bluebird Motel. No, I just think we sometimes we get caught up in div- diverting too much from the topic. Like, you know what I mean? And then we lose track of where we are in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And then exactly. sometimes we'll be watching the movie and you'll be like, well, what did, what, did, what were we just talking about? I know, exactly, exactly. This shit always confused me when I was a kid. Time travel still, I have hard times with time travel. <laughs> it's because it's not possible. That's the reason why, you know? <laughs> like That's my belief. Like, at the, this this happened already, right? No, 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 no. Well, well, yeah, he, it, it happened in 1955, I guess, but he's got to get back to 1985. Yes. Hence the... <laughs> well, in the, at the beginning of the movie, doesn't future Doc Holliday come... Because he dies at the beginning. Doc right? Holliday? You're, you're Doc, confusing this Doc with, Brown, with Tombstone? Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, he gets shot up at the beginning, right? Well, exactly, but then, but then he went back in time to 1955, and that's part of the fundamental tension he is finds that Marty old, wrote a letter to him saying, yeah. hey, Doc, you're going to get shot the day that we, we go back in time, but Doc was insistent upon him not doing that because he doesn't, doesn't want to mess with the space-time continuum, but it's already been messed with because of the behavior of, of, uh, of George McFly during the enchantment under the sea dance part two is so, the sports almanac right yeah 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 part two part two i love the, the first part of it i drank beers in the theater drink michelobes oh, so that's so know. that's is what you know the gap between <laughs> this one by the time the second one came out yeah crow was drinking I, I i just started to drink you know i didn't really start to drink until like until like probably a spring of 1986. Were you still in like the puke phase of your drinking uh, career? Early on, I was. You know, like I only puked three times. The first two, I haven't puked from Dude, drinking. Alcohol you puke know, is so projectile, and oh, like yeah. it's like it almost happens. Like you don't know you're gonna do it. And you're just. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, April third, 1988 was the last time. I'm sure I've said this before in the show. The last time I puked from drinking. April 3rd, 1988, Reagan was still president. I hurled big time in Milton, Wisconsin. I have not puked since then. I'm proud of that Height of just say no. Yeah. (laughs) It was, absolutely, man. I mean, that was like the the anti-drug culture was very big at that time. It was a very strong message in the culture, you know? Uh, In the scene, man. You know? But if you did drugs, it was a very you were it was a very sketchy like yeah, Whoa. dude. My grandma called pot dope. It was yeah. such an '80s thing. Even in the '90s, I was like, "This isn't 1981, Grandma." I know it's I know. pot. Yeah, exactly. dope is heroin. <laughs> Watch a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a lot worse, but it, but it was a real thing, you know. I mean, but I got uh, I didn't start. I was behind the curve in my town in Wisconsin because it's such a heavy drinking state, and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Most people started drinking by the time they were fourteen or fifteen. I did not start to drink in any consistent way until I was seventeen years old, and that was actually behind the curve. And in retrospect, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, you, you don't want to be getting loaded when you're thirteen or fourteen years old. Your your mental, your brain is. You know, you don't want to do it when you're seventeen. But your brain is not developed enough to take the fucking the punishment, I think, and just the boot. I think oh, no. it messes with some no, people. No, 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 no. I think a lot of people get addicted easier, partied when they were 13 or 14 or 15. You know what I mean? Or 12 years old and shit. 
I think a good age sense? to start doing a lot of stuff is like 1920. Yeah. Well, definitely. I know in the 21 or 22 is when your frontal cortex is done developing. Yeah. And dude, I'm telling you, I started smoking weed when I was 12 and my short term memory is fucking shot. And that probably contributes a lot of when this <laughs> podcast dips is because your boy has horrendous memory. <laughs> well, got good long term, but bad short term. Well, the, that's, that's also what, being a pothead. Well, what sucks about long term memory is it makes you fucking it makes you reminiscent like an old alcoholic. Well, yeah. Well, I yeah. Remember, what do you think I am? <laughs> all I remember is shit from 1997. <laughs> I tell At you that Dennis time. Miller hosted the VMAs in 1997 when Kiss came back together with their makeup and they performed on a fucking battleship. <laughs> but I honestly can't tell you what I did yesterday. <laughs> I, that's so revealing. But but you know, I tell you what, I, I I'm actually I'm better at that. I, it's actually see, I think there's a positive to that, Keith. Don't don't just look at the negative. So I used to have to I had a a photographic memory about everything. So I would get caught in my memories and caught in my anxiety that surrounded those memories. So in a way, if you don't remember what you did yesterday, I think that's a good thing. So you weren't totally anxiety-ridden. Because I think right. the anxiety helped me remember things so well. You know what I mean? That's a reason why yeah. there's an emotional charge to it. So, so if you're actually in a better emotional headspace... Okay, this is how I'm justifying your pie. I love how just because it's time travel, <laughs> the fucking tires lit on fire. He was going 80. <laughs> it's not like that causes flames. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because there was fucking plutonium. Well, no, he, he got the gigawatts of power. Through the, so it sped up super fast and, and warped space-time continuum. This was also like when, when things were getting dirty. Urban America was still really dirty in the 80s. Like, it was really dirty. And a lot of urban America still is. But I used to, I mean... The yeah, that's what I like about urban America. I know, exactly. I know, yeah. I like a little grime on the sidewalk and the crushed gum and some fucking murals and shit. I know. Like, the, to me, that, that just feels more Dude, real. oh, this is what we could talk about. I watched that fucking... Uh, first of all, that, that I watched that New York documentary you talked about. Is it pretty good? It's good, and I didn't know it's a it's the last part, second to last part of like uh, Rick Burns, Ken Burns's brother is oh, also okay. a documentarian. So it's a Rick Burns documentary. Yeah, and the, they go over all of New York. Like the uh, the first eight parts cover like yeah. it starts when the Dutch land there. Yeah, and yeah. then the last part is it's funny every it's like a ken burns documentary every part is te- is i think a uh, 10 years yeah and yeah. they get all the way to world war ii and then the last part is 1945 through the year 2000 yeah yeah and i told alicia that and she was like yeah after world war ii nothing happened yeah she was like that's why she was like it was like that's it like after world war ii there was just this mass period of whatever yeah no well, well, well i mean I and think then it, they get into but i was jealous of like when they show grimy new york yeah i yeah. was like that looks awesome oh yeah dude that yeah that that was like that was the true like i mean that's where fucking punk rock and, and rap CBGBs. came out of you know what i mean of that time period of just like the true detritus of urban america new york was gonna was going bankrupt it was gonna go bankrupt they, i mean think about that new york city almost 
This is a city that is the biggest business center on yeah. the planet. Now, it was the biggest business center back then, too, but it's just like, because the world is so much more integrated now. This is pre-Cold War fall. When the Cold War and the wall came down, a lot more capital was able to, and a lot more money was even made. You know what I mean? And so then they were like, talking about leveling whole towns for the highways that oh, ran yeah, through the city Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. They were going to make it like kind of like L.A. in a way, like a lot of d- different highways, which you could see why they would think that. You know, I mean, that was the wave of the future, you know? I mean, Eisenhower wanted to, we wanted to, we wanted to get the interstate, you know, suburbs became huge, so everyone moved to the suburbs. White flight was huge. Deindustrialization, all these different factors came together that just gutted urban America. Chicago the Jews was a started hole. running things, you know. But then, but then, it, it just—I find it so interesting that it was able to kind of pull itself. Those are the conditions that got Reagan elected, man. I swear to God, those are the conditions. And it's sort of like there was more. I mean, money started to get made. I would say yes. There's been improvement in urban America, and you know, there's just more cash going on there than there was. You know, I mean, there was. This true disinvestment. When they show those pictures of like late seventies New York, I mean, it looks like literally a war zone. There's like thousands of fires a year. There's you know? just bricks that are yeah. smoldering. There's just <laughs> smoldering shit around. Yeah, you, in the neighborhood, you know, there was literally nothing to do. Yeah, like you look around and you're like, oh my god, there isn't shit to do out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people just and out of the out of that grew sort of great sort of artistic traditions. You know, in many ways, that was like. New York's greatest high, like, you know, modern New York sort of art scene becoming huge, you know, and that, and that was the thing you did as a performer. You went to the Lower East Side and you paid nothing or squatted, you know, and you were able to like go do your art. Those days are done. Those days haven't existed in New York. Really, those really died off by the mid '90s. That's when it really died. You can still kind of do it in the '80s, but by the mid '90s, when Disney came in, it's just no new great story that just totally changed the tenor of New York City. And I mean, it's still New York City, and it's a great city. I mean, I love New York City, but it's just not the same like well, also, grimy place it was. The best Even part in the early about 90s, it, though, it got is that way a little bit. There the were crack people. Thing was huge there there were poor people that lived in the heart of Manhattan. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like where you're like, that's fucking dope, dude. Yeah, where you, you know? just wake up and you're just you fucking go out on your balcony and there's just hordes of angry people <laughs> walking beneath you. You fucking <laughs> no. boot up, shoot a little heroin, go about your day. Like yeah. hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that that at that time. They estimated by the late 70s, 40% of the nation's junkies were in New York City. 40%. That, that's like that's like tens of thousands of You think they wouldn't go to Los Angeles immediately, too, because like they, they're like, yeah, let's go to New York, even though we live outside and there is the weather thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how good the culture was, though. Yeah, absolutely. No, so it's just, yeah, that, that, it kind of touched on that. But And I like how they get into how important New York was Right after World War Two, yeah, into like the '60s, where yeah, like absolutely. it literally was the capital of the world, and that's well, yeah. why there was that New York swag and shit. Absolutely, man. Well, it's because the United Nations went there, man. I mean, it, it was San Francisco or New York, and it went to New York, rightfully so. Yeah, you know, it should have been there. You know, you can go fill up your water. I could yeah, cover for thanks, you. Man. Appreciate that. Got Marty man. McFly all tied up, like fucking dominatrix style. That was clean, though. I didn't was didn't get filthy, filthy. So he wakes up. He's not disappeared. But he doesn't he have a quick scare, though? Doesn't he wake up and Biff's there and he's like, oh, no. Or, yeah, but I think if he's pulling up his suspenders like a fucking true pimp uh, in this nice suburban home. Look at how nice it is. There's light in the window. Look at that track lighting, dude. Track fucking light. Yeah, he's rich. I forgot. Yeah, Marty McFly is a big success and Biff is the meek fucking. Yeah. Yeah. 
this was the opening scene. Someone the died for this to happen, though. Something else is different. There's some butterfly effect where, like, something else that that changed. Like, someone is fucking hurting for this to have happened. Maybe yeah, it's yeah. Biff. Maybe Biff being a meek well, yeah, is well, what allows this to happen. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. It, it is uh, in part. Here we go. You see, they're coming back from the club. Look, Look at like they're him, handsome. Dude. They're a handsome couple, you know? Well, she's always been handsome, but like now <laughs> it's, it's finally McFly. <laughs> they give her such a big forehead when she's old. They add, <laughs> she looks like Eric Stoltz and Max. <laughs> you are right. She does. <laughs> yeah, I know. There we go. When did Mask come out? Mask went 85. Came out the same Dude, that year. movie used to scare the fucking balls out of really? me when I was a kid. That was like the look- elephant man for me. Oh. Yeah. My yeah. mom tried to show it to me a couple times, and I'm just like, oh, no. That's, that's amazing. So, yeah, yeah, all these, all these storylines, and his life improves dramatically. He had a horrible life before he went back. Son, but now he's got a good life. why are you dressed poor? Yeah. <laughs> But it's also like they they got a car and stuff and like and, and yeah. Uh, but he he's a good assertive father. Father, you see. Oh, see, this is what Tom Wilson looks like right now. <laughs> His hair is a little short, but that's pretty much him. Like, that's hilarious. And he's man. not bald. Like he doesn't have the see-through hair, but he really does kind of just look like that. God, it's amazing. And he, and he gets upset that people bring it up. Well, dude, that's your entire act. You you have to. You know, here's the one thing I respect about Vanilla Ice. Maybe I mentioned this on a previous show. Yeah, he's never Rob Van Winkle. He doesn't it, care if you call him Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's actually like cool with that. Like he actually made terms. With, I mean, because when I was in college, he was a joke. Like he was a joke. Like this fucking clown. Like he was a real phony. Like you know, white imposter rapper. You know, he's, he's but but and, and whatever. It, but he was huge. Also, he was in that Madonna sex book. Then the book called Sex in 1980, like, doing sex positions with Madonna. Oh, he's a sci-fi writer. You know exactly. That's what happens. But the point is, it it, it um. What if George McFly goes on to create he Scientology? It. He embraces it. He embraces the fact that he that he's Vanilla Ice. You know, yes. and I think if you're a former star, you have to just embrace that fact. Yeah, you, know, you just. I mean, listen, being someone who's never experienced that and probably never will, I, I still will tell you how to live your life. Okay, <laughs> but seriously, I feel like you should be able to. You have to embrace that to sort of get beyond. You know, I'm not saying it's easy. Gary Coleman was never able to do that. No, nope. never able to do it. No, nope. you know. Uh, of just and he ended up being a mall security guard. Oh man, his story. I mean, again, when I watch the Reels Network, and I love the Reels Network, maybe maybe popping around a little bit. The Gary Shanley story, autopsies debuting. Yeah, I think it is actually. But when they go through Which, his story, why? he didn't die tragically or horribly. Yeah, he died. I think he just died of being old and overweight. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Next one's Gary Shandling. Yeah. Joan Rivers went in for some fucking routine surgery, procedure. right? Yeah. Some routine lip and I like an actress shit. having to go in there and like and like play the role. Sorry. Actress. You know what I that like about this too? We could, we could get filthy here because Joan, it's what Joan would have wanted. Joan Rivers is great. She would have wanted me to be like a lip procedure on her pussy or her face. You know, when you get to be my age. No, I just my snatches my like a lobster. <laughs> I thought she was pretty funny, man. She was funny at the end. It's so actually just last night my girlfriend was talking about how she she was like I just found her mean. Really? Like my girlfriend is such a nice person. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, she's dating you, man. She's got to be a you know, Well, be we a offset saint. it. We offset it. I'm filthy around her too. Yeah, th- yeah. This, this is, is the- this the same doctor that talks in every episode. Well, they have like three different doctors. This is one of them. He's like the he's a C squad. 
They have this guy from this guy. Those two were British. But yeah, I feel like any doctor that would want to be on a, a TV show and not just be an anonymous lifesaver is probably a C-level doctor. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty funny. <laughs> that's what that's what I, I love about the show because it's such a because it's like the fact that this is an actual doctor is like, listen, I'm gonna make a buck. It's an actual doctor on, on wearing network. television makeup. Yeah, yeah, and wearing like his skivvies or his greens, yeah. whatever they call them, his blues in a studio in fucking Burbank. <laughs> exactly. They're not explaining in a explaining the death of Joan Rivers to us. The fact that people are so fame obsessed that there's actually a market for celebrities dying. It is so it's dark, but it's comical to me. It's just bizarre. It's such a reveal of the depravity of our culture, I think. Isn't it? Well, and do you think there was a, was there ever a cooling off period of major celebrity deaths? Oh, well, like I, mean, I now, think I think every decade has like a big one. There's like two or three years where no one famous yeah. really dies. I feel like we've been on a bit of a streak, man. We, I, I mean, think so. I think Amy, to me, I think Amy Winehouse was like the last one that pops into my head immediately. As what? As being the like, last big death. Really? For you? For me. Like, I literally was just letting myself be like, what's the last one I remember off the top of my head? And Amy Winehouse is the one thing that popped into my head. Now, I'm sure I could Google it and find several more that I'm just like, oh, yeah, I forgot That's this person question, died. That's a question, actually. I, I got to think about that. Like, when, when a famous person dying, like, I actually notice it. I, I like, if you can just quick passing. think right now, like, the last celebrity you remember being dead, go. Uh, Henry, uh, Peter Fonda. See? You know, Like, Peter that's Fonda. just, I feel like that is a sign of the root, like, w- when you get put in those situations of just, yeah. like, quick first thought go like yeah. those thoughts always kind of like root back to your true personality so yeah, 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 yeah or like so, so. some sort of moment in your life that you romanticize like yeah, you really remembered or something like that yeah like well, that's like well, if with peter like, fonda it was like seeing the movie i remember you know seeing the movie uh uh easy rider and that was like that was like a rite of passage when I was in college. There was this weird like second wave hippie thing that went on in the late eighties. I think that every college kid kind of goes through, and it was like a hippie phase. And like seeing that movie was like a, a cutting also, edge movie. Peter Fonda died last week. I know. <laughs> it's fresh in my mind. You know, I'm trying to think before. I was going to text you I when I saw Thurman that. Munson dying. I remember. I do remember Thurman Munson. That was a tragedy. <laughs> Absolutely, I remember Thurman Munson dying. Who died big in the '80s? Uh, well, for, God, Lennon '80. Yeah, I remember a lot, John. Lennon. I remember being in just the sixth grade and, and waiting before school. Like we we're waiting inside in the. I don't know what they, they brought us into the into the theater area. Then we went to our classes. And, and you remember and, the attempt on Reagan? I remember that it was in the same school. I remember the attempt on Reagan. We got let out of school early, and there were jets flying overhead. So you got let out of school. What? So finish the Lennon part. You saw, but uh, yeah, there was a guy named William Astle. That was his name. Do you think he had a difficult adolescence? <laughs> his last name was Astle. That was his last name. You think it was a tough last name? I mean, change your fucking name. You know. So William Astle was like, "Yeah, did you hear where?" Uh, where John Lennon got shot, and I was like, "What?" I mean, I, I knew that. I knew I I I knew who it was. You know, that, I remember him being shot. Were you a big Beatle guy? Not really. Until I until I got college, I was a, my first musician. I was truly into was like uh, Jimi Hendrix, the Monkees, as, as like a teenager. You know, so the Monkees this? were during the Beatles, right? Yeah, no, they were made up as a joke band. It was just Jones. There's Melissa Rivers, got Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, why were the Scots, what are the bagpipes going on for the... Eh, I hate all this bullshit (laughs) at funerals. Like, I only want... Having to show up at Joan Rivers... 
I'm sure for some people, they you know, this is like they know they're important when people show up at their funeral. Well, and when she was alive, I guarantee you, all these people were annoyed by her and were real and just like, yeah, she's a little surly. She's kind of a bitch sometimes. And then all that happens is you die. And people are like, she just fucking loved people so much. And she like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. She was a fucking mean person. And that's why you liked her. I mean, <laughs> but that's why people liked her. Like she got <laughs> famous for being this cunt. And then she dies and people are like, she was just the sweetest piece of pumpkin pie. And you're like, dude, shut up. <laughs> the whole like, I mean, the work she had done. It's, it's just hilarious. She looked unbelievably trollish I mean, towards the end. <laughs> And the fact that she died on the table, it's like, oh, man. Dude, I bet you they got paid. You know. Dude, that once the, once she goes down, those doctors are probably just like, well, we had a good run, guys. Yeah. What do you mean they got sued or something? We just mean? cost this hospital millions of dollars. <laughs> Melissa Rivers is going to fucking yeah. take our yeah. fucking wallets. Yeah. She's going to make whole... fun of our clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Shanling was the shit. He was good, man. You know, he was shocking when he died because there was like there, even when people die of natural causes, you're like, I get it. Like you look at how they lived and you're like, yeah, should have saw that one coming. You know, it was big to me too. What? John Belushi dying. Yes. Belushi was a big one. That was me. what? 78. No, no, no. That was 82. 80, I was just 80 it was 13. Yeah. I was thriller had come out. Yeah. It just was coming out. I think that year. And, and, and it was, I remember that being a pretty big death. I remember Michael Jackson's death being kind of a big death to me. I remember knowing, remembering that. I mean, that's a big one. You know, that was pre-Amy though. You know, pre-what? That was pre-Amy Winehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Obviously, Kurt Cobain dying was huge to me. Obviously, I, I knew, I, I, I knew that. You know, that that was a big one. When that was told to me, I was like, holy shit, really? He died. Got our Alicia sending me pictures of our kitchen stuff. <laughs> we had to get dude nesting. It's dude, and now I have to preface this by saying I don't make any of the money in my little family unit. <laughs> so, this what I'm about to say sounds fucked up coming from me. It is expensive moving. Yeah, yeah. Now by that I mean I've seen the amount of money my girlfriend has spent in this move, and I'm just like, man, it's expensive moving. Yeah, it, it's a absolutely. good thing she only wants six hundred and fifty dollars a month from me. Yeah, yeah. She's got a good heart, man. Good, She's I mean, great, dude. Yeah, no shit. She's real good. She's but. Like she makes she makes good cash. We you throw know, it around. It's good for you, and man. Dude, free October rent. That's the message That's of this episode. Yeah. Look for a moving deal. I, I was happy they gave me half off for March. Yeah. Which was uh I was uh very happy about that. Now you know we I mean? had to move immediately. Like part of the moving deal is oh yeah. You have to be in. Now they cut us a deal too because the moving deal was you had to be in on September first. Like it was yeah. a last minute come up. So they're like, if you move in before September, we'll give you October's rent for free. And we've, we're going to move in on the eighth. And they were like, since you got, since you, we, you took the tour before yeah. the month and confirmed before the month, we'll honor it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's dope. I get to two months worth of saving money, dude. That, 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 that's a good score, man. Just be smart about it. You know what I mean? Just like take it as an opportunity and like, just, you know, see, like, look at this guy, Steve Morris, comedian. Who the <laughs> fuck are you? But I mean, he's probably doing it. Yeah, this would be me it, talking about like shows Kyle like Kinane. Like, like I somehow re- know him. <laughs> he's a great guy, though. Kyle Kinane is a totally good guy. He's I'm great. A, I'm a big Kyle Kinane fan. Shows like this make you realize how vast show business is. And like, as long as you're okay with being at the bottom of a barrel, like, 
you can be a guy who gets paid to talk on these shows and you could be a low grade comedian. You oh could yeah, be, absolutely. We could be cruise ship comics. <laughs> yeah. If you have, at the end of the day, if you, if you have no integrity, which show business has no integrity, cruise ship comedy um, is actually like, I wouldn't be a bad becoming a more like Jeff R. Curie's doing it now. And I respect the fuck out of him. Absolutely. Uh, I know uh, Nick Vatterot did it. He did it for a while. He was with an Im- improv troupe. They, they performed twice a week. They got all that food. They got heavy, a free place to stay. Heavy weight? No, I think it was a different group, actually. When he's not riding for Bill Maher, he's yeah. riding cruise ships. You know, I, I think he was. I don't think he does that anymore. I think he's grown beyond that. This is Chicago. Gary Emanuel Shanling. All right. See nothing interesting. I I, I I wonder where he had to grow up in Skokie. Oh, I'm sure, hundred percent. Yep. And they're dressed like cowboys, dude. Yeah. Kids in the fifties are weird. All the pictures they start out, they're dressed like little girls in the beginning. You can never tell <laughs> when a baby boomer early on. They all they're wearing big overcoats. They're all dressed like it's winter all the time. <laughs> or, or they have like the ubiquitous like cowboy shot too. They're always wearing yeah. a cowboy hat with like a like a fake. I never dressed like a cowboy ever. Yeah. Now I did have a big Michael Jackson phase. I used to wear penny loafers with everything. Yeah, even in shorts, I looked very foolish. Very surprised my mom let me. Oh. Oh, they got a kid that looks just like Gary Shandling. Huge lips and everything. These reenactments are really what I'm here for. Oh, so I guess his older brother died. Yeah. Oh, no, I watched... Did you watch the HBO documentary about him? No, 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 no. His brother dying was a big deal. His parents never acknowledged it. Wow. They didn't tell him. He actually died. (laughs) They just said, like, he's he's not around. Wow. It really fucked with him. It really... Them... That was a a wall between him and his parents. Yeah, forever. Yeah, because yeah. I guess it traumatized his parents. Why? Well, so sure. they were just like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna tell him. Yeah, you know, you don't know how you're gonna act in a situation like that, man. You know what I mean? It's like, just speaking from some close family experience of my brother losing a kid. It's like it's such a, it's such a test of like all of your defense mechanisms and how you deal with awful things in your life. That it just like in many ways it just kind of warps you, <laughs> you know. It, it, you're never the same person, you know. You're just never the same person. The old afterwards. school Universal City, old school L.A. Yeah, I want to find a good L.A. documentary like that New York one, like yeah. the CD L.A. Yeah, absolutely. The old Comedy Store. Yeah. See, and that's another fucking thing that they talk about, like in like the cliche thing, like he was just talking about his personal life. Like they say that about every (laughs) good narrative. Yeah. No, no. Actually, he was a good performer. He was able to portray that, project that. So you made a great joke, right? It it made you feel like, oh, he's an excellent joke. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like Dennis Blair. Who the like, what do you do now, Dennis Blair? (laughs) I almost want to interview him. I know. <laughs> like, I want to see a documentary about the head, the talking heads. Like, that would be great. Like, a great, like, like it's you stay on the Shandling thing, but then there's a little side sketch. Like, yeah. after the interview, it goes and follows her around for a little bit, sees how sad her life is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're probably living in the valley. They're all living in the valley. Somewhere, you know, I right? just sit here in the dark and. 
I mean, it's just think um, about Gary. <laughs> just I think know, about him. The whole, <laughs> but I remember him being funny on like HBO doing some HBO specials in the eighties and liking Gary Shanley back then. Well, and that's you when know? the HBO specials were like, oh, the they were shit. the shit, man. They were. I mean, yeah, you were. We got a Rodney Dangerfield special. You just it made your career. Well, man. It made Dice I, Clay. It made Sam Kinison. It made Roseanne Barr. I bet it. Just, and it just had a hand in people wanting cable because I want. Like once people Absolutely. found out that like oh to get the good comedy you have to get HBO people were like well yeah well let's get cable yeah absolutely oh I mean it was the perfect storm the perfect perfect storm man. see that's why I like the tone of this podcast because we're the last vestige of appointment television <laughs> like that's I almost don't ever want to watch something on demand like we're we're God. never gonna watch Netflix we're never gonna watch fucking Hulu like cable. Really? You, We're you, gonna you, watch yeah, yeah. Even like yeah. I might when we when we move, I might get YouTube TV. It's fifty <laughs> bucks a month. I know that's what I have. <laughs> no, you have uh you have I have a dish, don't I? Yeah, yeah you I, have a dish. You yeah, have AT and T. Yeah, yeah, I, I got that. I got that. But Dude, yeah, dish is such a nineties thing. I know. <laughs> My Aunt Becky had this giant fucking satellite dish. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember when you saw like a it dish was like in the, the early eighties. Like, yeah, that the, the, yeah. what they have the fighting scene on. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. No. I, was, what, I thought that. you were gonna say something. No, 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 no. I was just watching. Uh, I was watching uh, these cliche suburban shots. This is like World War II in color <laughs> when they show the same like eight. Yeah. They like wrap the same ten like video rolls they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you see the same battles over and over. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I like. I, yeah, I like that sort of like. And here it is, an emergency vehicle. So I think does he get hurt? I think he got hurt in, in an accident, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was UC Medical. Either that or Cedar Sinai. They always have Cedar Sinai. People die a lot in Cedar Sinai Hospital. In oh, this and show. I bet Cedar Sinai's put a lot of <laughs> comics into debt, dude. It's so expensive. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> they don't talk about the crippling debt the he was in is after an organ this. In the leopard part. Oh yeah, the spleen. Yeah, ruptured spleen would be terrible. Oh, yeah, it's also. Oh, dude, Chris Sims' career ended because of that. Oh Phil yeah, Sims's son. Yeah, because he got sacked so hard. He got he was running for a touchdown and he got fucking hit in it literally in the kidney. Oh, and, the, and, the, and then and the, the spleen, spleen just he ruptured his spleen. Yeah, and he played for a little bit and then he started getting faint. And they said if he wouldn't have passed out, he would have bled to death. Oh, he, oh, oh, he still played that game more. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But that was his last game. Like after they took him into the locker room, that was it. Wow. He would have been pretty good, too. Yeah, interesting. I, I'm sure his father probably That's a low-key. People don't talk enough about, about Chris Sims getting retired. I know, yeah. I know. I, I'm really, I wonder what happened to his crib. I, I know he got... Well, it, it's like luck. I mean, I think... And then we'll get this... What, what? I mean, come on, man. Don't be a weakling. Like, come on. Listen. Listen. It's easy for you to say that. Andrew Luck had been in the hospital for four straight years. Also, he you know probably I mean? had banked $100 million at this Stanford. point. He's not an idiot. But they, no, no. Well, why should he retire for, for your entertainment? Because he wants to walk when he's 45 years old or 60. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's something to get he better with age. A couple, I just think he watched a lot. He probably watched eight YouTube videos in the offseason and saw how players live now. Like even... Uh, yeah. Anthony Adams, the old Bears player, he's yeah. like a big Chicago media guy. Yeah, he posted a video on his Instagram after he works out. Sometimes the whole right side of his body, he can't move it. It like it's, oh, and he just said man. it's like crippling pain. He was like, yeah, sometimes like because his back, I think it's like a nerve in his back that when he works out, sometimes like you see him like lifting the right side of his body, and he was like, yeah, and his like head's tilted to the side. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, this happens every time I work out sometimes. Oh, Jesus. Every Christ. time sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, whatever. It's brutal. I'm sure he also saw the stories and heard the stories. He's not an idiot. You know, Andrew Luck's not stupid. I'm sure he knows about ex-cult players who live in the area. Oh, yeah, he's got his 18th concussion. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Shanley put some weight on. He put some weight on later on. You know? Is that, that's not even him. Oh, well, I know. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I like it. They have these, like, actors earning their SAG card. They're just showing some dude getting away. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're, but they're making it. Yeah, it's supposed to be Shanling, though, which is like that same guy will play Gary Shanling in other parts. I think it's oh, hilarious. Isn't that hilarious? That does not even look like But him. But isn't it kind of, like, vaguely, kind of in a very That'd vague be- way, like, look like him? But I think it's hilarious that they actually do that in this show. Like someone gets gets her like, uh, like Whitney, and it's always like really shitty actors. Like I think it's funny. That I'm sure there are actors in this town. This is their first gig. You know what I mean? Like, this is what they're gonna do. You know? And it's like, I don't know. It's not a bad way to make <laughs> to make a living. I don't begrudge them for it. I just yeah. think it's hilarious that on their real on their on, on their on their resume, it's like, yes, I was a uh, old Gary Shandling on the yeah. Reels autopsy show. I think it's hilarious. That, that's part of the didn't actually look like Gary Shandling, but I was well, on it. But but it, it, but it kind of loosely, they look like twenty percent like him. You know what I mean? Like all the actors they have playing like Gary Coleman, he doesn't really look like him. He's actually taller than Gary. You know, Coleman, they were like, you know? "Well, really, we want you more because of your fat male tits." Yeah, and, and you're and you're forty, you're a forty five year old black man. Okay, really, the go. scene, really the scene you're in is more <laughs> just about you being fat, Gary, than anything. Yeah, and just wail around in pain a little bit because yeah. we want to make it look like you know when he dies. <laughs> they have like scenes of like people dying. Like, they have to, to they have to do some low level acting. It's not like it's just purely like stiffs. You know what I mean? Like they actually do a little bit of acting in it. Like, honey, I'm ch-, like the Robin Williams guy. They have to show him like putting the belt around his neck. If they have the Robin Williams. Autopsy, and the guy kind of loosely looks like him. Or you know? if they don't want to get too graphic, they'll just show a belt hanging from a doorknob. Yeah. <laughs> there is this low, yeah, low production value. Here's what happened to him, and he wasn't doing that jack off thing. You know, it's like that was. Uh, I was watching I, the Sublime behind the music. I used to love that when I was a kid. That specific oh, episode, oh, yeah. I had it taped on VHS. And when they talk about the lead singer overdosing on heroin in a hotel room, they just show a ho- an empty hotel room with sad music behind it <laughs> and then describe the scene and I'm just like at least have a dude laying on the bed yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you wanted it more <laughs> yeah they, they, they wanted to keep it a little bit light they didn't want it to be too rough well, I mean his yeah. family's gonna watch it yeah I wonder true. I always wonder like <laughs> those dudes like that dude had a baby when he died so yeah, that baby yeah. is like Oh, in their twenties. In their twenties now, like I look wonder at fucking what, uh, Francis Bean, fucking Cobain. Yeah, you know? she's a she's Instagram famous now. Yeah, you know, Insta famous, which is what we're trying to do. Oh my god! Subscribe to our <laughs> social media. Yeah, I know which which I, I maintain so well. I still have I, you reposted the last episode. I did try and do that, didn't I? <laughs> no, yeah, you shared it. I did. So I, I'm a, that's a step which in the right direction. And that's this a step. one's coming out on time. And, and that's a step in the right direction, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Good. Do you have the USA net- Network? I do not, actually. I don't Are think you I fucking do. serious? Maybe, maybe, maybe I do not. I don't think I do. I never watch it. Why? Because we're going to enter my world. We're not going to go and watch wrestling. We are not going to watch fucking wrestling. <laughs> See, this is a good thing. We are not going to watch okay. wrestling. It's just not going to happen. I don't even watch WWE. I watched AEW this no, Of course, yeah. Of course, but, but this is what you wanted to watch, of course. Of course, anything that's USA Network is always crap. So this one is the, the US- last hours of Gary Shane. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it, it, it's the autopsy of his. I love how the, the true they have to stretch this when it was probably just him eating a sandwich and just being like, <laughs> "Oh wow." Well, yeah, a lot of oh. it is. Yeah. Well, it's also this. It, it is. It's this. 
they portray it like again like Quincy when I was a kid like medical examiner Dude, my dad used to it's make right. that reference all the time <laughs> that was like his big doctor that, reference. that, that was kind of like Macgy- MacGyver came became that like in the late 80s hey MacGyver if you were, you were able to like open up a, a, do- a locked door pick a who lock hey MacGyver you, 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 who played MacGyver who played Quincy uh, Jack Klugman who was uh, Oscar yes. Madison and the Odd Couple on Thursdays, it was on. It was on for like. Wasn't eight he years. just like a fucking ho hum doctor? Well, he was a doctor. And he was he was in Hawaii, and he was a medical examiner, and he would investigate like uh, crimes that would happen. And he would always give key pieces of advice. Now, was he sloppy in that too? Was that a Klugman fucking? Well, he, oh yeah, he was all, but he also had a spirit and a heart, heart and a soul. I got to get to the bottom of this story. Do you understand this? Like he was, he would get very emotional about like his, like he had like a spirit, you know? Did he ever go toe to toe with like a drug dealer and well, shit? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was stuff like that. He had get involved with stuff chase and, people down and but stuff but also he was kind of like a like he lived on a boat I think he had a big boat because he was in Hawaii boat and there's scenes where he's like you know examining a woman's skin like he's also a lover too, a like you know off someone's bare <laughs> stomach <laughs> like just like and, and like you know she she has a drink they both like clink their drink and she's like sunbathing and he's like touching her side and she gets up with her long fair faucet hair and they like kind of smile and click their clink their drink I think definitely they, does things that would get a medical examiner fired <laughs> now nowadays yeah but, or just in general, like you're <laughs> just getting involved with the case while they really got a picture of Gary Shandling looking wild in that picture. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, See, that's they have to make it seem like this thing that was like, like death was following him. Like, no, it was a freak thing. Like they're showing pictures of him on camera. Like yep. he would have to put towels on his head. And this was certainly coming. Well, I think that he was I think he was a drug addict for a little while. I think he was a pain guy, pain pill guy. That's why they planted the seed of the spleen getting busted. The spleen getting busted. Because they got, got into painkillers because of that. They always, like, tie back to, like, like the, you know, the things that were bad in their life and their past and, like, you know. I like when they show the blood cells floating around. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's, like, some graphics going on here. Like, there's, a produ- there's a production going on. Oh, dude, I'm This is sure. a production. You know I mean, this is not, I mean. Yeah. I bet each of these episodes network, has, like, probably. I bet each of these episodes cost what? That's where my girlfriend works, right there. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, that's on Fairfax. She doesn't yeah. work at Television City. That's where the living legend James Corden films his show. <laughs> yep. Larry Sanders' show was very good. Oh, that th- that was a... Uh there was a, that was a comedic pivot point, I think, for a lot. It, it introduced kind of a new sort of concept of show, you know? HBO original pre-Oz uh, came out at the peak of Seinfeld, right? 94 was like peak Seinfeld. Yeah, absolutely. Did you like Seinfeld? I thought Seinfeld was pretty funny. Yeah, no, I thought I thought Seinfeld was pretty funny. The writing was uh, was pretty solid. But I, you know, back then, Keith, I didn't own a television set for many years. Like in my twenties, I was just out like trying to live. You know what I mean? So I just didn't watch much TV. Ninety four. Oh, I I lived in Wicker Park. Yeah, I I lived uh, on Damon and Evergreen. Uh, right, uh, two blocks north of, of the Rainbow, two blocks south of the North Lincoln, Milwa- uh, North Milwaukee Damon intersection. Well, also, I think '94 was also probably when TVs were pretty expensive. Yeah, I was dirt poor, but I just didn't <laughs> want one either. I, I I didn't want one either. I was just like, you know, I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go. Like, I just started doing stand up. Was like, it was like discovering a new world when I discovered stand up. It was like this entirely different universe. It was like, oh my god, I can hang out with misfits like myself. That's and be great. Like, for me, it was like someone who had the good video game system. But I'm sure let's go to this guy's house. He's got cable, man. Oh, oh, what? Like a '94? Like you mean that was like a a pimp thing to have. 
Oh, like I, if you had a TV and cable, you were like, oh, shit, dude, so-and-so's got cable, son. I, I still think that's a big deal. You're absolutely right, though. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We're still in comedy, so we're still dipping e- economically. <laughs> yeah, man. This guy's always one of the main guys. He's like a... The, his, the, he's, he's got product in his hair. I'm not buying major him. He's a real product. doctor. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like the A-team. I love how they just show him putting Excedrin in there when in real life it was probably Soma or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he was heavily in it. What is it with yeah, like, I was giving people legal... like pain pills, dude. They love their pain pills. Well, you because know? it's it's not, I think it's for people who want to smoke weed but don't want the weed persona on them. So they start popping perkies and shit. <laughs> God. Because like, if you take a little half of a pop of something, it feels nice, but then that half a pop don't work anymore, so you go full pop. Yeah. And then you're taking two, three, four, and then before you know it, you're... You're into pills? Yeah, you're sitting in a recliner all day, just nodding off, watching the Reels Network. Yeah, 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 exactly. The, 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 like that. many a housewife in this country, or house person, whatever yeah. the fuck. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking... But de- my, a lot of de-bald men. Hey, man, my, my brother is a Mr. Mom. It's dude, weird. I'm down He's a Mr. It. Mom, but, but he's also like... I'm auditioning, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this live when we move into this apartment. This is going to be the, my first audition of "Hey, babe, I could be a household guy." <laughs> Look, I support That's you. hilarious. I, I, I like this job. as a policy. I like this as a policy. That's what smart. if that that would be the premise of a sitcom? That would be what I pitch. It's about a guy who's only dating a girl to prove that he could be a guy who takes care of everything and she works. Yeah, yeah. He's like a Mister Mom, proving you know, that he a... could be honorably and pr- like productively lazy yeah yeah i like this picture of like la in 79 he's a feminist but really he just doesn't want to do anything with his life so he supports his woman yeah so she pays for everything yeah oh ooh, i'm sorry what just scary shannon thing i apologize it's just that. a guy with a fro i know doing stand-up it's smoky it's just it doesn't look like the store at all yeah joe goosey Goosey. Eddie Rabbit. Is that, what is that, like a band? Oh, wow. Uh-oh. Oh, that's the guy that created Everybody Loves Raymond or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, he fucking, they, that, this is another wall part of his life. Yeah. He wouldn't talk about this after. Like, this was another big pivotal moment in his life. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's the betrayal of that. He got betrayed. He got our smoking hot therapist. That's another <laughs> she is on this show. She is so pretty. I find her really appealing. You know, I, I wouldn't I, be I, I've realized be it, dude. It, it's taken me this long to realize it. My true type of, for a woman. It's taken me this long. What, out of your league? <laughs> well, yeah. That, well, that without saying. Uh, but, but I mean, uh, my, my true thing, it, there has to be a maternal quality, which is so, like, gross to me that I actually, that, that there's something maternal and very maternal and patient about it. That, that actually, and that's what it's always been for me. That, that's what Carrie Fisher was in Star Wars. That's what Princess Leia was. She's got a maternal quality to her. That's the reason why I was so enamored with her. <laughs> I love how this I just sh- realized that. I love how this show puts forth the myth that doctors do their work without lights on <laughs> like they got this guy looking the, through he, it's pitch black even in the reenactments they have this faint blue light on like it's fucking silk stock and, 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 and they shit. have like the so the vague like are those x-rays in the corner like hey man he's a it's great i love it you know 
quit it. This is what Apatow wrote on originally. Larry was becoming a white nationalist. We found <laughs> literature. They let in a Jew from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. It, it's But I, I love the show. You can see why it's a guilty pleasure. Can you see? I mean, it, it's got to... It does get... It does fucking <laughs> suck you in. Because it's so... Uh, it's so just cheap and body. I, I, I like miss it. a good commercial break. Yeah. And not just an ad on a YouTube video. I mean, like commercials used to be like what, how you knew about the world. <laughs> like at least in my eyes, like that's how I knew about the snacks. Like I wouldn't know about diapers. Yeah. Yeah. And like, got yeah, pu- pull-ups are still a thing. Interesting. These brands man. are still going strong. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. It's sort of like, well, then how are people going to like buy things? You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, that's the ads on your phone. Exactly. It's fucking crazy. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just thing. the shortening of it's the attention span. No one wants to. Th- not, not sitting through a commercial really started happening in the late 90s. I remember. I remember doing that though when I was a kid too. I remember oh, becoming annoyed. MTV used to have epically long commercials. Yeah. Because they didn't really have a lot of programming to fill like a whole hour yep. block. So they yep. had to like, instead of like, because usually for, what it is usually is for an every hour of television, there's 20 minutes of commercials. So our dramas are usually yeah. 42 minutes long. Yeah. So MTV was a little shorter. Like our shows were more like 35, 30 minutes. And then, dude, they would have five minutes of commercials. Yeah. Yeah. You would, and it got annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think were people's. No, no I, I remember, though, I remember in the late, in the 80s when I was a kid too, watching more TV, you would get annoyed by commercials. Like, God, my generation keep, you know? is going to be known as the great attention span shortening of fucking the oh, year 2000. Well, I mean, that, 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 that is, I mean, that, that that's one of my biggest criticisms of it. That, that's the, honestly, this is the honest guy truth about all those cliches I say about your generation, Keith. Oh, they're lazy and they don't want to. That's all bullshit. People I work with in the last two jobs of your age group and even younger are, are some of the hardest we get into working. the hustle, yeah. Absolutely. And like, and smart and bright, want to do We're the right thing. We're an entitled thing. bunch, you know. Uh, there is that element. There well, is. I mean, I blame our parents for that. We were a, we're a part of the your special generation. Yeah, I mean that, and I thought I was. And it's like, oh boy, it's even more noticeable. Our the younger parents generation encouraged the up. fuck out of us, and I think it was detrimental. Yeah, I just you know, not everyone can be famous. You know what I mean? Like, uh, th- th- and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like that, and not everyone has to be something. Also, just be I something think, you enjoy. I think you know? it could, to a certain degree hurt your kid to say follow your dreams why well, like follow your dreams but also be smart about it yeah exactly like, don't just fucking dive yeah. head in yeah i know about it yeah. i think if i told my family how little of money i moved to la with they would have been like jesus dude yeah like i yeah. moved here with a thousand dollars you made it for a year you well, know? I live rent free for three months. That that is fundamentally having a place to stay is fundamental. Yeah, if you're able to get that, and again, if anyone listening in Chicago is thinking about making the move to to to, to you know get onto our coattail, our coattails, you know. Uh, but but if, if you're thinking about making the move, just think about that. You got to have a place to go for a couple months. So if you know someone, even if it's on a couch for a while, then you'll find your place and you'll get a place to stay because you got to have your housing lined up. Because I think there's a lot of people who come on here and I think they end up homeless. I think that happens. Yeah, well, that's part of why I chose L.A. over New York because I just I very much already have an established support system. Yeah, like even if yeah. I even if the th- the time with my family came up. If I re- I could have kind of like talked some of my friends into letting me crash with them, like, hey, yeah. let me sleep like yeah. two or three days here and there. I could have fucking probably yeah. stretched out another month. Yeah. Until Alicia got here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean it's like so New I mean, York. I would have had nobody. Oh, I know. I know. And then there wouldn't have been space. 
because they're living in a closet. I mean, it's so confined there. When I hear those stories about New York, like Chicago comics go to New York, and there's like four or five of them living in a fucking apartment, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, how do you do? I, I can't do that, you know. But but the housing is such that you have to do that there. You can find a studio here. You can find a studio that's not totally cheap, but it's decent and a decent building. So you handle it the right way. So you've made it a year, and now your situation is going to improve a little bit. You're going to get a better place to stay now. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm approaching a year out here. Yeah, you are too. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It's only seven months. Oh, okay. It feels like it's been longer. It though. Feels like it's been longer because yeah. I always feel like you moved here like two months after me. You told me you were moving here in October. Yeah. I yeah. remember it was yeah. like in October when you told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think it was maybe. Yeah, maybe even November. But yeah, you I, did move quick from the time of finding out to when you actually moved out was pretty quick. Yeah. Well, I was just like, you know something? I got to quit fucking dilly-dallying around. I got to just pull the goddamn, uh, you know, pull the, uh, whatever, the, the, the Band-Aid off quickly. Just do it quickly, you know? And I had a job lined up right away. And I feel like I kind of hit the ground running in a sense, you know? Yeah. Comedy-wise, I felt pretty good. Maybe I could go up a little bit more than I do, but I feel pretty good about the act. The act. I mean, you've seen me. I've had pretty good sets, you know? So I feel good about that. And I feel good about the writing. I, I just finished this that I started writing two weeks ago. I just cranked through it, and it's just like I'm not saying it's a great thing, Getting but there's something the process, there. man. You know, yeah, yeah, and sort of like adjusting to that and figuring out how to do that. And for me, being able to write that, and we'll see if it's quality. I'm gonna, I'm just trying to get it out to people. Gonna see what the initial feedback is. Oh, you know? speaking of last two weeks, this will be a nice 20, 25 minute chunk to close out on Bucky. Yeah. Bucky dominated week one. That that is true. Talk, sports are at its peak right now. This I is know. My, that's why I love the fall. You yeah. have the baseball playoffs, hockey starting. Yeah. Fucking football starts back up. Basketball yep. starts back up. Like yep. this is when it all starts popping, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Football Northwestern got shit bricked by fucking Stanford. Those cunts. Oh, seventeen oh, oh. to seven. They yeah, won. I watched that. Well, you know, Stanford starting quarterback got hurt. It's like, uh oh, that that's a potential they bad still lost. sign. That's a bad sign. Uh, Bucky, and I had some anxiety about the opening game because, frankly, last year was such a disappointing, un-Bucky-like year that I was kind of like, well, we'll see what happens. you know. But but they got rid of their their quarterback, transferred to Florida State, and couldn't beat the guy out there either. Do you get either. the Big, t- Big Ten Network? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's pop that on while we yeah. fucking close this sports chunk so out. It, A's um, are 20 games over 500. Yeah, but they're fucking... I don't pay attention to them. They're fucking bums. What, what is this? Here Dude, Tennessee was the shit when I was a kid. Yeah, they, they were a great team. T. Martin won a fucking national title off the back of Peyton Manning's what's quarterbacking. This? Yeah, well, I, absolutely. Well, come on. Yeah, what's... what's I'm going to make sure this stuff works. I don't know, but they got... Every show has their attractive female. There we go. Well, they have to have that now. You know. What I like about the Big Ten Network is you they'll be like, this week in Michigan Volleyball... Like they really oh, get yeah. in deep. Oh, 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 oh! They do deep cuts on this. I, I, I think the Big Ten Network is. I mean, that was the genius. Of the, the Big Ten Network was the first network. The college went. The, yeah, and the they're first throw- going, Yeah, college. Anyway, yeah. They're throwing money into it too. Oh, oh, oh! I think they have pretty good programming. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, there's some you know names on this network. I, you know, Jimmy ja- Jimmy Jackson definitely worked his way up through this. You can go on to bigger things. You can have a national outlet. My point is, is uh, with Bucky, I was kind of concerned about the season. They're going on the road to South Florida. Who was seven and six last year? Charlie Strong coaches them. He used to coach um, uh, Texas, and also think like, Miami of Florida. No, 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 no. Was he Louisville then Texas? I think. Um, maybe he's Miami, Florida too. Anyway, I know he coached some other D1 schools and you know, I mean, they, I'm sure there's some athletes on the team. They're in Florida for crying out loud. Okay. But Bucky went in and just 
dominated them. I mean, completely dominated all aspects. And and they got this running back who's pretty good, Jonathan Taylor, but their defense played very well. It was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I think the cage was sufficiently rattled last year where it's like they are they seem to be is in this opening game extremely focused, you know, so they didn't do anything wrong. Like no dimension of the game was wrong. You know, South Florida didn't get past the 50 yard line until five minutes left in the game. They scored like 49 points. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and they had a defensive touchdown for their second touchdown. And then the, the air just deflated out of South Florida. And it's South, a big stadium and, too. Yeah. And, and well, it's in Raymond James fields where they had the Super Bowl a couple of, I mean, it, it's in Tampa, you know, and, and they just dominated them, you know, hook line it, but they, they play next week and then they have a week off and then they actually play Michigan at home. So they have an early game against Michigan. So that that'll be, I mean, I'll be curious to see because I, I want to see how they play in the first half next week because it's at home. And I want to see if they come out flat, you know. So when you were in college at Wisconsin, was there like a buzz when the season was starting? No, because like cause, cause you, oh, you, you, you give yeah. me a softball because they suck. They were the worst Division One football team in history. So the school they won nine games there. in four years. Because there are bad teams that still have like a good following. Like so the school pride just wasn't oh, there until man. Barry Alvarez. You could you could go into the you could go into the stadium. I'd blow joints. I was like a twenty-year-old dude. I'd, sit up there, I, I'd fucking go up there and blow a doobie. I'd fucking eat a lewd, man. You know, I, I'd go up there. I'd blow one, and like and I watched Miami, of Florida, the, the eighty-nine Miami, of Florida team played in Wisconsin and won fifty-one to three. That's when Miami, of Florida had like Russell Maryland and like I, I, think, I think Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I think played on the team. I mean, they were like this totally low. I mean, they had. They had NFL was talent. Irvin on that team? No, it was actually post Irvin. Oh shit! God damn it! I don't know what's going to happen. It was post Irvin. USC's quarterbacks out for the year. Oh shit! Hold on. Did you burn yourself? Oh, he fucking we spilled the fucking leaf on the table. It's a war wound. His table's got a war wound, ladies and gentlemen. I think you put it's it terrible. out quick enough. Yeah, it's also it'll a, be all good. This is high quality furniture, Keith. Just to let you know. Is so, it? Yeah, this is about a uh, five four hundred dollar piece. Oh, yeah. You well, know, you know it's a, high quality because he called it a piece. You know? <laughs> I mean, you let us put our feet on it. Well, of course, but it, that's what it should be used for, man. That, my man, right you know? there. I mean, I hate people who don't let you put your feet on their fucking table. No, I mean, it's, it's a, table, a nice, dog. yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be done. That. I mean, it's like, you know, have some nice things, but still ha- have a comfortable living style. Not true. Trim- I also am fucking iffy. I'm back and forth on people who make you take their shoes off. Yeah, like I, I, the, I kind of agree you, with that more. What do you? I don't doing? really care if, if if you don't if you don't have if you have them on, but I take them off. But that's okay. I I don't have a real strong opinion on that. You know, um, maybe but the people like a, who tell you before you even get in, they meet you at the stairwell. Shoes off. I know Just people who do that who live off. like slobs, and I'm like, you know something. My yeah. shoes, I'm not bringing anything in. I need my shoes on to protect myself from your slobbery. Yeah. I have to have my shoes on. It's a layer. I, I, I'm kind of indifferent on that. I, if you want to. Oh, I have to take my shoes off. Are you afraid I'm going to uh, not step in the cat hair that lines the floor of this apartment? I know. <laughs> it's also like, I know, like, you can just, you'll wipe your feet off and walk in and it's like, it'll be fine. Yeah. You're also in L.A. This is not like the Midwest where you get those snows and you have like slush and salt and sand all in your shoes and crap. It's like, that's terrible, you know? The Midwest, home of the mudroom. You know, yeah, you can see all the footprints kind of walking into yeah. it, you know, like that's the front door, you know, because it was just like you were just outside, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, so I've been here seven months, but I feel like it's kind of actually gone quickly. I feel like I've gotten involved enough 
Um, I, I like my approach to it right now. I'm in a good headspace about it. Me finishing this script here, just the first draft. It's not finished. Finished. It's just the first draft. It's like a good. It's a good feeling. It's a positive feeling. It's like I, I paid attention to my process, and I'll, I'll I'll be curious to see if the product actually shows it at all. Yeah. You know, or if it's still shite. You know, shite. I but, hate that Maryland's in the Big Ten. I know. It's basically just Maryland and Rutgers like, we need to get the D.C. and New York market somewhat interested in us. Well, you know, were they in the Big East before? Oh, no, they were in the ACC. They were always in the ACC. Why, it's the biggest conference. Why? Because they just were because they were they can they, make more money in the Big Ten. Well, and I think they yeah. want to switch. Yeah, they they could be bigger schools yeah. in the Big Ten. Yeah, and, and, and they're, they're going to make more cash. And we don't have to play good teams. Why? Well, the Big Ten. Well, no, no, the ACC. Big Ten's better, better than the ACC. It's a better conference than the ACC. But um, oh, yeah, SEC is the big. The SEC is the one that, that that's the brutal one. And so yeah, they were in the ACC. But again, that's where Clemson's at now. Clemson's the best team in college football. So when you went, did they even lose to Indiana, Wisconsin? Oh, that they they again <laughs> they won. They had two one in ten campaigns. In two of my four years in college, the first year of Alvarez, they were one in ten too. But even when it was the first year of Alvarez, because he had no time to recruit, he got all these has been got you know the, the the leftovers. You know what I mean? After the the meat had been taken from the bones, like the buzzard leftover. So they had always this class coming. They were one in ten, but you could tell even at one in ten, they played closer games. They weren't getting totally blown out. And you could see you're like. Oh, they're actually, you can tell, like, the, like, their sets made sense. Their defenses made sense. They moved better to the ball. They're often, they didn't have many uh, penalties. You could tell immediately, like, oh, this is a better coach team, even at one and 10. Yeah. Then the next year, they were five and six, and, and they won two. They hadn't won a road game in the Big Ten for seven years, oh, six years. For six years, they hadn't won a road game in the Big Ten. From 85 to 91, they didn't win. A, they won a game in Ohio State in late 85 and then won a game in Minnesota in late 91. They didn't win a game in 86, 87, 88, 90, and all of 91 on the road in the right Big Ten. That's how Western. fucking bad they were. You know? But Everybody says in. this is Michigan's year. This uh, is Harbaugh's year to finally well, break through. Yeah, you know, we'll see. What's your see. prediction for Bucky? Well, I was pretty heartened by that effort. I mean, uh, there still are. So, I mean, I, I assessed them on a championship standard. Their quarterback, they got rid of their old quarterback. Their quarterback is this guy, Jack Cohen, now. So he's probably a hey, Jewish quarterback, Jack Cohen. So he's from Long Island, too. So oh, he, uh, you know, but he, but he didn't throw a ball. He didn't complete a pass longer than 12 yards. Like, he, they, they had a couple of really good play calls where they faked the guy. They did a play-action pass, and their best receiver got open downfield. A the Jewish guy them. being economical? Yeah. Ho! <laughs> so the point is, uh, but he, what he did, he did well. Like, he hit, he hit Jonathan Taylor a couple times in the flat for two short passes that he just took 40 yards for touchdowns. I mean, he's the running back as a genuine Heisman Trophy candidate guy. He's really, really good. And he's, he caught two passes, which, you know, catching passes is not part of his game. He has tried to work on that. If he can become a good pass catcher, it's going to really open up a lot of They've things really for them. They're really sick running back too, right? Still, or well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor is the guy who's the yeah. running back. They also got back their top receiver who got acquitted on a freaking rape, like Ooh. you know, on a whole hundred percent acquitted, like all of it, you know. So and they got but him like back. real acquitted or is like just like no, no. He went through the trial. No, no, you know, he, like had to, he I mean, didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it like it went through the process. You know, I, I think that I don't know if it went to trial. I'd like to see. I want to see what happened. But they got him back. He was, t and they weren't going to let him on the team initially. But then they let him back in. My whole life, yeah. Minnesota has never been good at football. Yeah, the, the, and, the, the, and this is where fucking Hayden Fox coached in the Hayden great Fry. show Coach. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was Minnesota State. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that that was not Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota was 
they were a force of college football in the early in the they've won like six Minnesota. national championships. Yeah, they won it in sixty. You Ryan know? Billick played for Minnesota, I think. Or no, no, he, he, co- he coached the the Vikings offense in '98 when they had a great team. He coached. That's why he got the job working for the Ravens. But uh, but yeah, they uh, uh, that guy. He's like a he's a former football he's a player. Ball. I know he's like, Adderall. I know. <laughs> yeah, but this is uh, Minnesota. Minnesota, their offensive line didn't look that good. When I compare to other Big Ten teams in the first week, Nebraska, even a little bit of Michigan, even you know Minnesota certainly. I watched a little bit of Iowa. Iowa played pretty well. Uh, Wisconsin played the best of any Big Ten team, better than Ohio State. They played the best, but you know, and it was on the road. Northwestern. But I, li- I like them focusing. They got eight home games this year. Wisconsin, then four on the road, so they got two thirds. See, game that's at home. fucked up. Why do you, you get know? to like? Why do you get that to pick that? It, it, it works that way schedule wise, and sometimes you're on the road. It's every other year it works out that way typically. They and just then, split it down the middle. Well, yeah, but when you have an, it, well, you know, that's just not going to happen. It, 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 I like that about college football. I like it's it's quirky regionalism and it's sort of you know it's goofy rules like that. Give, give it a certain flair. It's not just the uniformity of the corporate NFL no fun league. Your uniform will be tucked in. You will look a certain way. You will behave a certain way. There's no individualism in that this sport is anymore. Com- kind of my favorite game. What was Purdue like in the eighties? Pu, Pu had good quarterbacks, man. <laughs> Jim Ever quarterback there. Mark Herman. I mean, they were a quarterback you, man. Jeff George wanted to go to school there, man. They, they had good quarterback. Jim Ever. Jim Ever was in the... Do you remember Jim Ever? He played for the uh, Rams. He was good early in his career. Jim yeah. Ever was. And, and Purdue, PU was pretty good. Uh, they, they also... I mean, they, they had competitive teams back then. They could always throw the ball. Well, Bob Greasy was a quarterback there at one time. Uh, uh, Len Dawson, quarterback at Purdue. A guy named Mike Phipps, cor- uh, quarterback at Purdue. It's a great name. Um, you know, obviously Drew Brees, quarterback at Purdue. But you had a guy named Mark Herman, quarterback at Purdue. Jim Jim Everett. They had a lot of NFL quarterbacks actually, quarterback there. So they were good. Ohio State was shit, right? In the eighties? No, in the eighties. No, no. They, they they were solid. Trust me. They, they weren't necessarily what they were now, but they were always one of the dangerous teams. That they, 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 when they had Chris Carter, they went to the Rose Bowl like maybe two times. I think they went like in a, they went in eighty four. That might have been the only year they went, because Michigan went in eighty, Iowa went in eighty one, eighty two would have been uh that would have been Michigan again too I think, but I thought they went yeah yeah it would have Michigan in eighty two and then eighty three it was Illinois, Illinois went one in eighty three and got destroyed utterly hammered by UCLA UCLA housed them. And then, and then in '84 was it was Ohio State, and then '85 was Iowa. So it, it got kind of, but Michigan went the most of the Big Ten in the '80s. And Penn State was like coming up. Are you done? Well, Penn State, no, yeah. Penn State didn't join until '94. Oh yeah, they were independent yeah. with Notre Dame and shit. See, that's the fucking move. I think that's gonna be. Wait till the day that Notre Dame makes its own television network, and you're gonna see more fucking teams go independent. Well, it's NBC, but I'm saying like their own like fucking Vatican TV or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. They'll do something. They're their own goddamn town. They annex the campus in South Bend. It's literally not South Bend. It's wild. Yeah. Oh, look at Cro Crocious had to get the sponge. He's cleaning the look at them. We're doing things on this podcast. Because it's it's this is the mature thing to do. This is what you do when you actually Take a pride in ownership. My know? favorite thing is that you're getting more comfortable being. This is this is a progression. It's With what you're getting better at being doing this for longer. 
What do you mean? Like, wait, 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 we've been doing what? You, we're, we're at an hour. Well, I've recorded early on a little bit. We're at an hour 27 of recording time. Man, well, I tell you, well, I feel good. I feel focused, man. Yeah, it's Labor Day. Yeah, I, I had a good weekend. Snapped one off. I, I had a, you know, I had a, I worked out on Saturday, hung out, played poker on Saturday night at Sean White's place. Yeah, you got to beat uh, off. Yesterday, I, I, I had my fantasy draft, which lasted seven. Who'd you draft? Fucking, well, I had a keeper. My keeper, I, I kept Christian McCaffrey. I, I like first a keeper league. I, I, um, McCaffrey. I also drafted Dalvin Cook. That's a good one. I, I, uh, I drafted Matt Ryan as my quarterback. What's good about that is you could root for him too. Well, exactly. He's a Viking. And, and then I also picked up like Sam, uh, like Sammy Watkins as a receiver. Um, uh, Brandon Cooks as a receiver. Uh, I also who are my better receivers than that though? My third and fourth round receivers. Um, Oh, who do I, I picked a tight end wise. I got uh, Mark Andrews from the Ravens. I think he's my backup. But my actual tight end was, uh, oh, I can't think who it is off the top of my head. The draft lasted forever. It took forever, but I feel I feel you don't okay have time with my team. limits between picks. Well, yeah, but then guys are calling in from Portland and they can't get the connection. I'm doing it, you know, through, via Skype at Bill Cruz's apartment. See, in my, you know? my ESPN thing, if you don't, if you miss your pick, it auto drafts for you. Which so you it it takes two like an hour and fifteen minutes. I did it while I worked, dude. Uh, I drafted Deshaun Watson as my starting quarterback. That's good. Uh, I drafted uh, Derrick Henry, the fucking Tennessee running back. Uh, I drafted Tyler Lockett as my first wide receiver of the of the Seahawks. Got Russell Westbrook. It's key to picking receivers that have good quarterbacks throwing to them. Uh, I got uh, the guy Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, and then my last pick was Cousins. I took Cousins. Nice, but but I also drafted. Um, uh, I feel I've drafted Jared, Adrian Peterson. Jared Goff is my second quarterback. Oh no, you, that, that's good. Yeah, you you're you're gonna be who's your running back? Who's your running back? Derrick Henry. Oh, from uh, Tennessee. From Tennessee, and then I picked up Mike Breida as my flex. He, he, he yeah, that, that's a decent pick. Yeah. Get him like in a middle round. Oh yeah, like a six, seven, eight, or eight, and nine. And then I'm yeah. gonna flip flop between. I have OJ Howard, Tampa Bay's. Uh, tight that's end. a good tight end. Uh, but I also. Oh, have, I got Evan Ingram. I also yeah. have fucking Jordan Reed from the Redskins. You know, I like him, but you know, he gets you know as a backup, he's a good guy. And then I have a backup. I have Larry Fitzgerald as a backup. Oh yeah. I have Ted Ginn Jr. I drafted him too in like the fifteenth round. Yeah, late. I have fucking <laughs> I have Dion Lewis, another Tennessee running. Oh back. yeah, yeah. So I handcuffed those fuckers. I have the Rams defense. Yeah, I tried, you know, it pissed me off. Uh, one of the things, you know, in my draft, there's a guy who sets the draft up. We ha- it was at Trump Plaza. And, and I, everyone else was at Trump Plaza? Yeah, everyone else. In Chicago? Myself. Yeah, in Chicago. And, and I was not going to go back. For was Pat Bryce in this league? Yeah, he was in the league. Yeah, he was in the league at one time. Who took his team over? Uh, well, it, there's, there's sort of been different, like, people. I mean, there's basically been the same core, like, 8 to 10. But there's been, like, two or three guys that kind of come in every once in a while. But it's basically been the same, like, 9 to 11. I, I'm one of the core guys, even though my Can team sucks. Can you spin that out? Yeah, man. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm one of the core guys. I got to pee. It's a reason I'm standing up. Oh. And, and it... Um, uh, but but I could, I was getting ready to draft the backup or uh, the, the the first the, the rookie for was for uh, for Minnesota who's going to back up uh, Dalvin Cook I was going to I was going to draft him and this guy who runs the league is a little sneaky little fuck and that was the only moment in the draft like this prick outwitted me like he got because he I was going to draft him that round and and it was probably like I don't know maybe it was the eleventh round I made some mistakes you, know, you had to do that because I, I I have the backup for Christian McCaffrey I got him I should have drafted know? Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I would yeah. have, I would have sacrificed He's back from a knee injury though, man. Yeah. I like my Evan Ingram pick, but, but with that, I tell you what I should, we should wind it up a little bit. Let's oh, wind okay. it up. Yeah. That's cool. 
All right. All right. That's all right. We, we came to the end. I, I think <laughs> abruptly, Crocius just puts a he guillotine on hard it. Pee. He pissed out his energy. To yeah, do and this I was podcast. just like, oh my just god, now. that was just like very satisfying. I might add. I, I've been drinking a lot of water. All know, right. So all right. Well, all right. Yeah, now I'm gonna sit and edit this, and we're gonna smoke more weed. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank uh, you, people. Yeah. We'll tune in next week. Same, same bat time. Same bat channel. All right. All right. Bye. See ya.